after I got rejected, um, it was kind of the design phase of the, of the theme accelerator where they're looking at designs. And I was like, okay, I'm going to just full stop. And I'm going to like go back to the drawing board with design and kind of take what I've done. But I, I did like a whole design exercise and submitted that for review and was like, I'm trying to differentiate myself, like rework the theme. So having that opportunity to get, because that's what's really, now I'm, I'm just excited now I'm just talking. But like with the theme, it's, it's a huge upfront investment with very right. little opportunity for feedback. So anytime Shopify offered anything that could give some feedback from the internal team, I would absolutely take that opportunity. Well, welcome, everybody. We're back with another episode of the Liquid Weekly Podcast with myself, Carl, and my co-host, Taylor Page. And today, we have the pleasure of having Brenda Storer, the founder of Coqueleco, a theme development and design agency, here with us today to talk all things Dawn and Shopify development. So, Brenda, welcome to the show. We're excited to have you. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. You are welcome. Um, Coqueleco, what does it mean? It is the red color of a poppy in French. I do not speak French, nor am I French. But man, there are, it's very hard to find a very good domain name out there anymore. Yeah. So right. I, I just kind of, when naming things, if there's something I like, I just kind of stick with it until I don't find anything I like more and I have to declare something. And so sure. it's Coqueleco. I like it. It's Coqueleco. nice how other countries have like really nice sounding names for different things versus the English yeah. language, you know, it's just like. Oh, I mean, great, everything in French pain. is beautiful, yeah. you know? Yeah, right? Like, yeah. Coqueleco has a really nice mouthfeel. I don't know if you can say that. I know they talk about wine and things, but it just, it, I like the way it makes my mouth feel when I say it. I know, even it's though fun. everything's online with it and you, you're the first person who's probably ever said it out loud relating to my company. There you go. Well, it's, a, it's an honor for sure. All right. So, Taylor, uh, it's been a while since we've connected on the podcast recording or in real yes. life. Despite what people might think, we don't actually hang out all that often because you live a whole hour away. <laughs> the whole hour. Um, what have you been working on lately? What's going on in Taylor land? Yeah, just so it's been it's been several weeks because we, we recorded a couple episodes ahead. And so, yeah, I don't think we've got a chance to talk other than just, you know, it's been nice texting and slack and stuff. Uh, yeah, like, sorry, I haven't been able to blow up your phone and stuff uh, here lately. So, uh, you know, no, just kind of plugging away, got sick over the Christmas break. So we had the holidays, and everything. Uh, we stay home for Christmas and, and those sorts of things. My wife and I also have our birthdays like right after Christmas as well. So we just like to hang out. Uh, but I was sick for a good chunk of it. My son got sick and then I was down uh, pretty bad. I haven't been sick in literally years. Like I, I just don't usually get very ill. Uh, and so that was rough. Uh, but hopping back into things, uh, New Year, trying to, you know, figure things out as far as like making goals or I'm trying to shift more towards uh, kind of like themes. I don't know if you've heard of like this before where instead of focusing more on specific goals, you kind of uh, focus on like a broad oversweeping theme. And so mm -hmm. something that I'm kind of like testing out this year, in addition to like some smaller goals or whatever. Uh, and so one thing that I'm, I'm working on is I'm learning some 
uh, getting more intensive with Ruby. So I think I've talked Ooh. before about like kind of how I was working with some Rails projects and I kind of got part of the way through a couple of things that I wanted to like build out for fun because you can get really far uh, really quick with Rails with a handful of things. But I just was really wanting to like learn more and I was finding a lot of the stuff I was tripping over was really just Ruby syntax. And so I'm kind of taking a couple steps back, trying to do uh, a better job being more thoughtful there. Uh, the other thing, um, playing around with uh, cart and checkout validations in the Shopify functions. So we talked to Sammy uh, from Discount Kit last week, uh, or last episode, not last week. That was, that was like a month ago now at this point. And so, uh, but we talked to him about Shopify functions, gave me the, you know, the courage to kind of dive in. And it's pretty cool, uh, but I'm finding, I'm I'm really needing to work on some, some GraphQL stuff. So um, it was actually really helpful. Uh, we had Harshdeep on a while ago as well uh, with his course uh, that I picked up like as soon as it came out on Shopify App Dev, uh, and he's got a good section on just like working through uh, GraphQL using it with Shopify and stuff like that. So that was oh, nice. super helpful. So it's nice, yeah. We kind of get to like cherry pick with different guests that we're working with to try to build stuff out in, in shops that I'm actively working on. So that's that's been really cool. That's quite the update for being sick. You got a lot accomplished. So. Way well, to go. it was like a month, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like... Well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> trying to help you feel better. Wow, I appreciate you, Ben. Brenda. What about you? Um, well, I'll, I'm going to ask Brenda first. I'm, oh, I'm going to go back to good back. Time. I'm changing it well, up. I know, on the fly, I just, that's how I operate. I'm just kind of jealous of Brenda because we can see the sunshine. And here in Ohio, like, we've had two days of sunshine in, like, the last two months. And it's just brutal. So, Did you get snow, though, yet? Have you had snow? We just have the winter misery. Oh, like you haven't got good... any snow in Columbus? I mean, we got a little bit. This is oh nothing. yeah, it's a wasteland. Yeah, we had. I'm a little bit further north than than Carl, and we had the kids had a snow day actually earlier this week. So they they probably could have gone to school. It was just kind of one of those things. They were just coming back from the break. I think everyone was just kind of like, yeah, it's snowing. It'll be fine. <laughs> Give them a day off. I mean, I I'm in New York City, so it's still cold. Mm. But yeah. Yeah. yeah, at least we got sunshine today. But, but I sunshine. think it's, it's been almost two years since we've had an inch of snowfall or more. Oh, we yeah, haven't really? had an inch. So that's been kind of depressing. But they're saying that, like, hopefully maybe this week we'll get some snow. Um, I, I grew up in California, and I think I'm still kind of a, like, oh, my God, snow. You know, I, I still well, get kind of excited about it. I, I don't like, have people to are like, oh no, snow. Like, <laughs> oh, and you're like, they're really hoping for snow. And yeah, yeah. I, I don't drive and <laughs> I don't have to shovel the sidewalk. So like I could just yeah. go to Central Park and like watch the dogs get so the dogs get so excited when it snows. It, it's uh-huh. like as soon as the snow stops, I'll go to Central Park and everybody's out there with their dogs and dogs are just going nuts. It's really fun. How many dogs do you have? I don't have any dogs. I just go and watch the other dogs. Oh, do you just like watch watching other people's dogs? dogs. Yeah. That's awesome. What borough are you in? Are you in Manhattan? Or are you in I'm in Manhattan, yeah. Are you? Well, that's cool. Yeah. Awesome. How about as uh, so, far as... Yeah. So oh, I, I interrupted I, you because of the sunshine. So like, <laughs> I know. How, asked, how have things been going for you or things you've been working on lately? Yeah. Um, um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of a Grinch when it comes to Christmas. So New Year's, I was really excited. I'm always excited about New Year's because it means the season, holiday season's over. Um, but, um, and there's like a calm in January too. So I've been really enjoying that calm and focusing. Um, I'm trying to build a new theme for the theme store. So, um, been trying to hunker down and work on that. And that takes like good focus time. 
-hmm. So January is kind of a good time to do that. That's great. Well, I'm sure you'll tell us a little bit more about that here soon. Is that okay? One last question: Is that a real background or is that a back, fake background? No, no, this is my apartment. Okay. Wow, yeah. that's nice. I, whenever it's I think about people living in Manhattan, you're either like a billionaire and you've got like the penthouse, or you're like you've wow. got like a forty square foot apartment somewhere, and but it looks like a nice setup. Well, I mean, this is basically half the square footage of my entire apartment space <laughs> back here, so you know, there's that. But I do. Yeah. I am really grateful. Like, I have a big window and I, I get that's light, nice. so that was yeah, it looks like a really nice space. Thanks. That's cool. Uh, as for me, I'll just transition because I think that's what we're doing. Uh, I have lots of things to complain about, so I should talk about today. Uh, first one is my basement. Uh, I don't know if you followed the saga, but we had a little audition oh, two years ago. We started it because we had another kid, and I couldn't live with that without more space. And so, uh, long story short, I've been working to finish the basement. I was going to do it over uh, break, and then. What I ended up doing was having um, like a mind melt over basement foundation structures and systems in terms of how you manage vapor permeance and transmission. So long story short, I was prepared to apply this chemical product that I did some deep research on onto the inside of our walls just to prevent any possible dampness from coming through. Because we've had a few issues here and there where we've seen some water sort of just weep through the cement block. Nothing major, but enough. And then in the process of doing that, I realized that it did not actually allow vapor to transmit through the material substrate. Uh, which it, the salesman told me it did, but the technical data sheet indicated otherwise. Long story short, I began researching old world methods of um, coating blocks. I've been working on lime washing, which is something, yeah, where you just mix uh, hydrated lime with some water. That's the most basic recipe, and then you can get more fancy from there. But I've been doing some test bricks. I've got a really nice picture. I'll maybe dig up and give to Taylor where it works out really well. So that's my step two is uh, potentially just lime washing the block because that will allow the vapor to come through and still look nice. Because the goal is just to brighten it up a little bit because it's mostly for the kids to be down there and stuff. It's not like we're doing anything crazy. So right. that's been fun. I mean, I spent so much time on like home improvement forums and building sites and research because there's a lot of opinions out there about how this right. should work. It's just like anything else you're researching. It's just like you yeah. spent all that time and you've got, you finally figured it out, but then you find a whole bunch of stuff that says, no, this is a terrible idea. You shouldn't do it. And here's why. Exactly. Oh, I, I had this decision made. Yeah, the worst part is I ordered this stuff like at midnight on Amazon or whatever, and then I went to bed and I couldn't sleep and I woke up at like six. And that's when I did more research and realized that it wasn't going to work. I couldn't cancel the order. So I, just before this podcast, I loaded 20 gallons of this paint into my car so I can take it back <laughs> to Home Depot after this. It's so heavy. But don't you, <laughs> like, I feel like you can always find a validation for any idea that you have on the internet like there's yeah. always an article there's always a reddit yes somebody will tell you that it's okay and you can never like i think we all fell into the trap where we didn't go down the rabbit hole and you like see the first solution the and first you're like thing. great that's what i'm gonna do and then, this is on page one of google so it must be the great. right answer yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know i just did you ask chat gpt i did uh, Did you? It wasn't very yes. helpful. Yeah. It well, wasn't just, helpful. You know, no. Just trying to research the whole thing because there's a lot of technical information about it. What do yeah. the different units mean? All that kind of stuff. Anyway, and the, and the kicker is like everybody does this. Sorry, I'll shut up after this. But like if you look at Brenda, I don't know. You're from California. I don't know if they have basements in the part you were in. Now no. you're in New York because you don't have a basement. But in the Midwest that people have basements, like you see pictures, almost everybody that has a basement, either concrete walls or block walls, uh, they paint it. Yeah. And they dry lock it and this and that. Mm -hmm. But apparently all these people are convinced that's going to cause it to fail. So I kind of figure out if I'm just playing on hard mode for no reason or if this is really the way it's got to be. But 
enough about that. Um, so the other thing I'm working on is uh, like checkout extension stuff still. I got really into that right before Christmas. Nice. And then I dropped it. I haven't picked it up since. But then I've also been working on Liquid Weekly stuff. I have like a little tool chain I built in Rails just to help me publish. And so I have built a tool that does basically it assigns articles to an issue. And so now I clip articles as I see them and find things on the net. And I got a little database of those. I added a field to allow myself to set a score for those, like how relevant I think they are to the readers of the magazine or the magazine. Nice. That's auspicious. The newsletter. And then my little algorithm goes through and it picks a certain number from each kind of bucket, just what I think relevance wise and kind of gives me a suggestion of what the issue ought to be. Then I go through and, and just curate it, double check. But trying to remove some of the manual work. Very cool. That's yeah. cool. It sounds cooler than it really is. But... <laughs> <laughs> it, it does sound cool. Sounds very yeah. useful and helpful. So that's, oh, that's the cool part. Yeah. I'm like next level Rails developer. So I mean, obviously <laughs> way cool. <laughs> Awesome. What about what about the uh what's what's the update on the the treadmill desk? Ooh. Yeah. Have you logged yeah. like 8000 miles at this point now because you you never leave your computer obviously you're just working No, all the no, time. I never do. Uh, and well, so It's right here behind me. Um you're not I, walking I, right I, now I, I noticed. No, I've debated with I just think for people watching that would be so annoying. They'd probably get seasick. Um the the, the treadmill desk is it's been a, a net positive but it, it took me out of commission for about a month and a half because first I got really bad plantar fasciitis in both feet from walking oh, too much. No. And then I got this, this is kind of gross. Sorry, everybody. But then I got this ingrown toenail thing, ended up having to get it like surgically removed. And then I took forever to heal. It was really painful. So just now nice. back at it. So thanks for asking Taylor. Well, I say painful. you need to update the, the shoes along with the <laughs> No, trend. I have nice shoes. <laughs> I have nice shoes. I, too, you hit it too hard, too fast. That's, that's see that's how work out. that I think this is the voice of experience talking this has been i tr i was supposed to run the new york city marathon this year never oh, ran wow. a marathon oh, um okay. started training about this time last year injured myself immediately oh. i it, just 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 a small injury but enough to put me out for like two months oh. then i picked back up sprained my ankle not running in july healed that and then was like okay i can still do this and then two weeks before the marathon hurt my knee oh. overuse same you know yeah. but it was like because i was really trying to scale up too yeah. fast well and it's so, hard to bounce back from injuries like even just like gosh the the week that i was sick and i took a whole week off of running and lifting and then you come back and you're just like oh everything is hard again yeah <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It's brutal. See, and they linger. Right. They linger for a long time. And so you mm -hmm. think you're okay. And then like, they'll, you know, for whatever reason, knock on wood, my, my ankle is great. Like I thought okay. that was going to be like the main injury and that was okay. But now all these other things come up. But There's slow, one key difference steady. between our stories though, Brenda, one difference between you and I, you were training for a marathon. I was walking. <laughs> like you were, but you were walking <laughs> while you were working. Like right. all I do oh, yeah. is sit in my yeah. well, right but like dude you were you way were more hardcore multitasking yeah but okay seriously though you were running a marathon <laughs> level training sessions anyway our listeners for those of you that managed to cling on to the last 18 minutes we're putting of the chapters in at least the youtube so yeah, they can skip ahead if they don't want this part so i think we're ready to talk about the good stuff so um this is good stuff yeah no you know what i mean like the technical stuff um I, I 
Brenda, as I warned you ahead of time, uh, and I'm just going to mispronounce Calico just to do it. Calico. <laughs> nice. Calikulaki. Um, I want to hear your origin story. How did you become the superhero of solo founder, theme developer, designer extraordinaire? What was your journey to get you from there to this awesome apartment in Manhattan where you're talking to Taylor and I? Um, I mean, wh- how far, like, I was Whatever born. Whatever feels relevant. And... Yeah, well, oh, okay. clearly that okay. happened. That happened. I mean, yes. I, I, well, I grew up in California. I grew up in Silicon Valley, actually, oh. um, but was not. Which part? Uh, Santa Clara Cupertino. So, like. Okay. In the heart deep, of it. Very, very. Yeah, I'm an Apple girl, hardcore from the beginning. Um, and uh, went to college, got a degree in psychology and Italian, you know, like was As not. As one does. Was psych not, degrees, yeah. yeah. Do you have a psych degree? Yep. Yes. So just was not, um, was, was not a computer, was not into programming, hated math, just never. My parents weren't developers. They were a teacher and a bus driver. So just like grew up around that, but was not, um, never considered it. Uh, but also I think because I grew up kind of before the internet or literally before the internet. So it wasn't interesting. I thought it was all sure. math. That's all I ever thought programming must be. Um, <laughs> but in college, I was friends with, weirdly, a bunch of computer science majors and a bunch of theater majors and like no <laughs> psychology majors for whatever reason. It's because they're um, weird. <laughs> they are. I'm right? saying that as one. <laughs> Actually, people used to always say to me, wow, you are the most sane and well-grounded psychology major I've ever met. It's because the vast majority, we're, we're the minority. I'm going to go ahead and include myself in there. Yeah. We're, the, we're, we're the minority. So, you know. <laughs> I mean, I love psychology. I mean, I do have a very good friend who's a I met in school who's a psychology major too, but, um, and, um, I, you know, and I graduated with college from college, having no idea what I wanted to do. Um, and all I wanted to do was travel. I moved to London for a while and then couldn't stay because of visa, went back to the Bay area, got to watch the first com crash, um, front row, <laughs> moved to New York and, started to work in theater like and work in restaurants just was working um like in london i was working at the lion king in front of house like as an oh, usher wow. and stuff and That's then awesome. here i was working in box office for like off-broadway theater and stuff um and then working in restaurants because i needed to make money um i decided to go back to school and it really just like i knew i wanted to go back to school but i was like this time when i go back i want to go and get a skill like <laughs> like I mean, psychology. You can yeah. say you, it's very no diss useful. To the psych <laughs> no diss, but I mean, it's not. It doesn't lead you to any career path. Right. And the college I went to was in Northern California, Chico State. But um, there's there's no industry around there besides the college. So there wasn't opportunity in college to get real life work experience either. Mm-hmm. So um, I just kind of decided one day that I wanted to do graphic design. And I think it was just all of these little wheels in my head turned to for a few years and just like pointed in that direction. And every it just seemed to make sense. Like I I was creative. I really liked computers. And but I didn't feel like I was a good artist, but I felt like I had a strong visual, you know, understanding. And in college, I would make GeoCities websites for fun. So I had one of my 
computer science friends like taught me how to view source one day. And I was like, this is incredible, you know? So I, like while I was in college, totally freaking out about my future, not knowing what I wanted to do with my life, I would like make GeoCities fan pages. Um, I made my first one was a Leonardo DiCaprio fan page. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I made it before um, Titanic came out. I was going to ask, because it's before or after the boat? Yeah, before the boat. And I had like a counter, you know, a counter on it, obviously. And like after Titanic came out, I just start, and I had, of course, like email me, you know, things or whatever too, like a link to my Hotmail address on the bottom. And I just started to get messages out of the blue that were like, oh my God, Leo, I love you so much after Titanic came out. And I went back and I wish I could remember what the counter number was. Mm. But to me, it was like, I think I had like 20 views on this web page and they were like me refreshing it. And then suddenly I had like, I, I went viral, you know, to me, I was like, oh my gosh, I have a hundred views or something. I don't know what it was. But, That's crazy. Um, yeah. So, so I went back to school for graphic design for a year. I went to FIT um, in New York. They have a communication design program and it was for an associate's degree. Um, and I was thinking about going to get a bachelor's after that. Like it's a very, it's, it's in a, was an associates of applied science. So it was very technical. Um, but I was supporting myself through that and I just couldn't afford to go straight to a bachelor's program. And I wanted to be a, a packaging designer was what I wanted to be. Oh, okay. um, but there was like a little bit of, um, I think we have one class that was a Dreamweaver class, yeah. you know, so I learned a little CSS, like, saw CSS Zen Garden for the first time, you know, mm-hmm. and was blown away. Um, and then after, but so after I graduated, went back to the restaurants because I was broke and uh, <laughs> couldn't get a job, entry-level job in graphic design. Um, and it wasn't until three years later where I just I was like, I have to take this leap. Like I went back to school. I'm still doing what I did before I went to school. Like I've got to just go for it. Like I want to change my life. And so I quit my restaurant and was like, I'm going all in. And it was 2009 and the market crashed again. (laughs) And I'm out here like hustling, trying to find like an entry level Mm -hmm. job. So it was tough. But I first job I got, I started to take classes. I thought like the only thing that was getting any interest, my design, nobody cared about. But just I knew like a basic HTML and CSS. And that seemed to like get my foot in the door places. So I was like, okay. Maybe I should learn some more code. So I started to take classes that were available, and I took a class in Flash. So I got my first gig because I knew Flash, um, and it was to update a website for a spa in Soho. And then they came to me and were like, we want to make an e-commerce site. Um, Would you help design it? Yes, awesome. Um, And so I worked with them for like a year, and we made a Magento site this is yeah this is 2009 launched in 2010 and it was i don't it's amazing that this site turned out as well as it did like i didn't know anything we had developers who like i found out later afterwards that the developers just underscoped and undercharged this project like so intensely i think it was like 
they thought it was going to be like 500 bucks or something. I, and so they, they just kind of fell off the planet instead of renegotiating. And so I just took up all the, like, I just started getting in there and making edits and I helped hire a new developer and whatever. And we got this whole site, but I loved the e-commerce and I loved, like, I didn't love Magento, but like, I loved e-commerce. <laughs> it was like my first taste of like um, working in e-commerce and I like to shop. So I think there's like a natural inclination there. Um, and um, over the past, so since then, over the past 15 years, I ended up working in-house in a couple places. Like the main, the first job job I got was I worked at Disney um, for their books department, like in their marketing department. And again, they had just gone through a bunch of layoffs. And so I got hired to do something so simple, which was update HTML in their like CMS because nobody knew HTML. But I weaseled my way into like becoming a marketing designer and I got to like work on print stuff. But then also like they were sending out microsites to agencies and I was like, I can do that, you know, and I was, I'm much cheaper, like, give me that, you know? So I just started to build up like little bits of experience. Um, and then one of my teachers from one of the classes I was taking hired me um, at a startup. And so that's where I got like my real experience and I learned Git and I learned it was Ruby on Rails stack. Like I learned how to work like in a real adult development environment. And um, I worked at ThoughtBot for a while as oh. a designer since you're talking Rails and, and Ruby. Um, and like ThoughtBot was the best. Um, learned so much there, got like really learned about product design there. Um, but really was getting more and more attracted to the development side of everything. And uh, at ThoughtBot, like, it's a very broad, it's a very broad scope for a designer. Like we did product design, UX design, UI design, and implementation of CSS and HTML. JavaScript was more on like the developer side, mm -hmm. but most ThoughtBot developers didn't really love JavaScript. They were more like backend focused. So they're like, and, and me just being interested in learning all the things, like I would kind of, you know, try and get in there and, and do a little bit more of that. Um, but I ended up leaving because I was just getting more development focused and I wanted to, to learn more front end and, and get more like React was popping up and sure. I got an opportunity to work at um, another smaller agency that was like, we'll teach you React. Great. Let's go. Um, but, you know, so I've worked in agencies. I've started like a lot of greenfield projects. I've like jumped into code bases and refactored. Like I just have done a lot of scrappy stuff um, and lost my job. I have worked at a product company and lost my job at um, beginning of the pandemic, like a lot of us did. And ended up getting um, hired with one of the other developers who I worked with there, we got hired to work on a Shopify store, um, fresh build. And so I had worked on one Shopify store before in with ThoughtBot and loved it. Like mm. was like th this, th it's everything made sense to me. I loved liquid. Like I love being able to do real things in the template theme language, even though I know a lot of developers feel like that's icky, but like, I don't know. It feels kind of hacky and gr I just, 
I just like it. It's it's in my world, I guess. So maybe that's yeah. that's what I like about it. Um, and so I've been wanting to get back into Shopify. I even asked then, this was like in 2018, I'm like, what does it take to get a theme in the theme store? And they're like, you can't, it's, it's closed, mm -hmm. you know? Right. Like, oh, okay. Um, so it, it, the website was for Hive Brands. It's a online grocery store for sustainable groceries. And we built that, um, me and this other developer. Um, and it was just great. I just loved working with Shopify. And was working on some other client stuff. And I was thinking about, I'm like, I'm going to just niche into Shopify at this point. So this is like 2020. And then when online 2.0 store was announced, I was like, and they're like, we're opening the theme store. I was like, okay, Perfect. I'm going to do it. And I was just kind of burnt out. You know, like I jumped around. Yeah. I've been at agencies. I'd just been doing client stuff for so long. I had a little bit of savings. And I was like, six months, I can bang out a theme. Um, I'm going to, I'm just going to, I need a little sabbatical. I'm going to take it like that. Like, and I'm going to, I'm going to work on a theme for the theme store. So I started, I had to like wrap up some client work. So I started in like November of 2021 is when I like really started full time working on the theme. And I'd done like a little bit about it before then. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's the dawn I started from was a, a very early dawn too yeah. was like my co-base um and i worked on it full like, like i said full time until about may june i submitted it in june and my first submission was rejected oh i know but yeah but it was it was like very it was a good reason so the first reason it was because it was too similar to dawn um and okay. the feedback, which I thought was really helpful, which if anybody's thinking about building from Dawn, um, they said that the design was, let me think of the words that they said. It was not- Substantively um, different, I think is the term that they use a lot, right? That's the term that they use a lot. But what I was told by the review team was that it was more additive than transformative my design at the time Interesting. and and it's true i think i was trying to make like a better dawn you know i was trying to li like i i was adding shapes and i was adding more customizations onto what was there was kind of my idea mm -hmm. and so i was like okay i really need to think about it and I, I think honestly too like i was thinking about design more in ux terms throughout the process and i wasn't really thinking about like a skin as strongly and mm -hmm. so it, it was good feedback and i went back and at that time the theme accelerator was going on have you talked about the i think you talked about with thomas a little bit yeah we we asked about it a little bit because he they, they'd already been actively developing something for they'd already been working on paper Same. at that Me time too. and yeah. that was and it sounds like yeah you were like okay like i'm already working on on whisk uh but so that, oh, yeah, I thought was I was on. Like, yeah, like, I thought what I was heck? like, I was like, oh, I'm like a month away from being done and the Steam Accelerator starting. But yeah, you know, like I'll I'll jump in and like see what what happens. But it was really helpful because after I got rejected, um, it was kind of the design phase of the of the Theme Accelerator where they're looking at designs. And I was like, OK, I'm going to just full stop and I'm going to like go back to the drawing board with design and kind of take what I've done. But I I did like a whole design exercise 
and submitted that for review and was like, I'm trying to differentiate myself, like rework the theme. So having that opportunity to get, because that's what's really, now I'm, I'm just excited now I'm just talking. But like with the theme, it's, it's a huge upfront investment with very right. little opportunity for feedback. So anytime Shopify offered anything that could give some feedback from the internal team, I would absolutely take that opportunity. So mm -hmm. this was one of those opportunities where I, I like got some eyes on the design direction I was looking at and got a go ahead for that. And then I also got lucky to be able to go to Unite in Toronto that year. Nice. So I waited until after that to submit the theme because they had office hours there where you could meet with um, people on the app review team or the theme review team. Nice. And so That's I amazing. met um, with some people on the theme review team. The, and it happened to be like the person who rejected my theme the first time. I was like, okay, awesome. Like, I'm so glad it's you I'm talking to. Like, let me know. Like, does this look like I've taken this feedback into account? Does this look like it's going to work? And, and they were encouraging about it. And then I submitted it and Whisk launched in November 20, November 28th, 2022, right? Yeah. So full on, nice. it took about a year Oof. to okay. make. As the solo dev, like you're the only one working on this. Like I you're a solo dev one. working through this. So yeah, yeah. it took, took about a year. Full time, awesome. eight hours a day kind of thing? Yeah. Or were you, wow. I, I had to take a break in the summer for... Um, mental. I was exhausted. A sabbatical like, from a sabbatical. Yeah. <laughs> I take a sabbatical like, from a sabbatical. Yeah, we're trying to sprint, right? And, <laughs> and this turned into a marathon. I know. And then I and then mm. I had to take on a little bit of client work because I, I financially I needed to. I didn't make a lot of money in 2022 working on this full time, so sure. um, I had to take on a little bit of client work. I also I like in full transparency. I took on loans. Like I bootstrapped this myself, but I I took on some debt too. Um, so it was a big risk. Yeah. Um, but I mean, even besides the development, um, and like my style is I, I mean, I use, I have used Figma, but I haven't been like a designer on a project since Figma became the norm where I'm purely mm -hmm. designer. Usually I'm the designer who's coding the front end as well if I'm working mm -hmm. with clients. So, um, I design in the browser a lot. Like sometimes, yeah. uh, mostly, like 90% of what I do is design in the browser. Like if I'm really trying to figure something out, I'll, I'll open up Sketch or something and just like put some pieces around. But I'll always get to a point where I'm like, this would just be easier to change this in CSS and see how it looks, you know? Yep. So I think like there's like an efficiency there, but then also I think it, it, it feels like the build takes longer, but it's because it's always you're figuring things out while you're building. Right. You're but so, so there's mm -hmm. that. But then also like building demo stores is takes a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because you have to stuff it with content too. So you, yeah. you move over from like, oh, like this isn't just like technical and design. Now I need like, I need assets. I need copy. Yeah. I need like to figure out the layout. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah. And it needs to like look good. I mean, that that's right. the main marketing piece are these demo stores. So, and then documentation, writing all the documentation. So it's, mm -hmm. I mean, it's just a huge pro project. Yeah, it's a big lift. That's awesome. So yeah. That was a lot. I talked a lot. <laughs> no, that was, well, I mean, that's, 
like, oh, and there's just like so many questions that I have or whatever. I, I, I'm really interested too. And we'll have to, maybe we can have you on another time or whatever. I'm, I'm interested in the, the earlier reference too, for working with Disney, just because they have, they have so much stuff around. Um, I can't remember what's that, what's that famous book or whatever. It's, it just talks about like the Disney way or whatever it is kind of type thing. The mouse uh, working to, for the mouse. Yeah. Something like, I can't remember what it, what it is. Maybe that's what it is, but they, so they have, they do a lot of things well. So I'd, I'd be really interested, but as far as like Shopify specific stuff. So, you know, you, you chose, right. Like you've got all this other dev experience working in different, different areas, working for different shops and things like that and what have you. And you still kind of chose to use Dawn, right. As, as your launch point. So can you talk about maybe like what, what made you like, decide to do that instead of maybe trying to build something else uh, from scratch or things like that. Cause I think the documentation at the time that you started, since it was before the theme accelerated and all this other stuff or whatever uh, really was non-existent. Right. And so like, like now there's actual guidance uh, and we'll link that up in notes and everything as far as like, there's a checklist. Uh, it's still pretty vague. So I think like you talked about, like trying to get some of that real specific feedback uh, is really critical a lot of times. And, uh, but as far as like when you were doing this, none of that existed. So what made you think like, hey, this is like Dawn's here. I've got this. I can use this as the launching pad instead of uh, maybe just going a different way with it. Like a lot of other people might say like, oh, no, like we, we're just going to go with whatever build processes we're comfortable with scale this out or whatever, um, you decide to go a different way. And I, and I don't think this is the most common way. So I'm, I'm yeah. really interested to hear that. I mean, I think there, I mean, there's a several reasons. The two main reasons, I think one was I did start this as soon as online 2.0 store was launched. Mm -hmm. So Dawn was the reference for how 2.0 worked. And, yeah. you know, like, so I didn't have my own code base that was 2.0 store compliant that I that I used on projects. So it made sense to use theirs. Yeah, to understand and, and I feel like that's how I've worked my whole career is jumping into code bases and figuring things out. And so that appealed to me about using Dawn and I, I love to refactor. I yeah, love nice. code. So, uh -huh. so like, just that kind that kind of style appeals to me. And I like to learn by examples and seeing what works in, in code bases and 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 finessing things, you know, mm -hmm. um, also like what Don, the values that Don was built from were very appealing to me and how right. I like to be, I mean, I really don't think there's a wrong way to build any project. Sure. Maybe, you know, I'll show you a but few. Like, <laughs> I mean, but you know, most of the time we're all making and people are making the best decisions with the information they have at the time, you know? Yeah. And I always say, like, if I don't look back at code I've written six months ago and think I, like, could do better now, I should be a little ashamed of my code six months ago because I, that yeah, means I'm, right? I'm learning and I'm growing, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so, but, but I, I've always tried to stay as close to the browser as possible. Like, yeah. I don't know. I, and especially, like, I've been excited about um, what's happened in the past decade or so, especially with JavaScript and CSS. And I mean, 10 years ago, would you not use jQuery? Like that was just like, right. maybe a little a standard, over 10 right? years ago, but it was like just a standard. You start a new project. First thing you do is import jQuery, you know, and just how the browsers and the, and the powers that be have really taken feedback from like what all these 
preprocessors and libraries were doing to improve developer experience in JavaScript and CSS and put it into the native language, I think is mm -hmm. awesome. Um, I mean, I was such a huge CSS grid advocate. Yeah. Um, I mean, that changed. I mean, that, that was like the best thing. I mean, Flexbox is great, but I mean, CSS grid just, well, I was like an early <laughs> adopter. Grid oh. is better. I mean, you know, it's also like a tool in your toolbox for different things, but. Um, right. Tables and float. What else do you need? Oh my gosh. Ew. I, I mean, I. Let it die. I think I have floated. I think I tweeted about this, but like I used a float for the first time in like five years last year and it was to actually float text around an image oh, like boy. god intended oh. it was beautiful mm -hmm. you know like oh i mean the the pain the we small had to edge go case that this is for yes, yes. everything else there's a better tool to use yes. um so so i so what it, like what is what do they say i think I, I have it written down because i love it they on the dawn repo in their readme they say it's an HTML first, JavaScript only is needed approach. Web native, ever, they want the theme to run on the evergreen web, use semantic HTML, mm -hmm. progressive enhancement. Like these are all um, values that I believe in as well. So yeah. I was excited to get into Dawn and learn from the developers who made Dawn some mm -hmm. best practices as well. Um, of, of building, you know, even just a good website. I mean, one thing that's been awesome too is like using web com components in JavaScript. Yeah. I love web components so mm -hmm. much. I mean, because it really also like, I like the last Shopify stores I've been working on, we had been using Vue and I really mm -hmm. liked Vue because, and I, I liked Vue in Shopify themes too, because you could really just kind of like put it in and not take over the whole page. Like it worked right. really well with liquid. Um, mm -hmm. And I use basically the same kind of technique that I was using with Vue, which would be like passing props to the Vue component that were liquid, you know, in mm -hmm. the, in the liquid file. And then like using those in JavaScript to, you know, do something great. Right. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So that, that's why, it just seemed like the the obvious choice to yeah. if I had nothing else. I mean, also, I was very focused on doing an MVP, and mm -hmm. that target changed a lot as I was developing. Like, also because Dawn got like every time I'd be like, I've got this feature and it's different from Dawn. It's gonna be awesome, and then Dawn would like come out with it and like Dawn, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So, so like chasing a moving target and trying to make an MVP and, and, yeah. you know, as a solo dev too. Yeah. Like, bootstrapping yeah. and wanting to like, I want to get this out. Like my goal is to get this in the theme store as minimal, but awesome as possible. And then knowing that I was going to grow it like crazy after it was in there, but like, I wanted to get the return on my investment as quickly as possible. So yeah. using a code base that already exists is going to get me there faster. Uh, I'm also like, JavaScript is not my biggest strength. I usually am on projects where there's a developer who's a stronger JavaScript developer. So I've always had somebody to lean on for that. Mm -hmm. And this was going to be my first time not having that. So I mean, what I did with Dawn is I stripped out all of the CSS 100%, left all the JavaScript, and then just ad adjusted it. 
more. Nice. So, so um, essentially like a new, new design framework, you know, basically. Yeah. Uh, but kept a lot of the functionality similar and then built out more. Yeah. And then would mm-hmm. adjust HTML a lot as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, based on what I need, but I wanted to keep like a lot of stuff there too, because there's so much that, uh, Dawn just has out of the box that you don't yeah. realize you need for a theme store theme, like the, the checklist that you mentioned, thankfully it did come out like, I think like in May or like before okay. I did my first submission, uh-huh. it came out and it was perfect. Cause it was like right about the time I needed to do QA and I QA'd my site like to death which i also would recommend because i had very little feedback like my rounds of feedback went pretty fast because i had caught so much i spent weeks on queuing beforehand um but that gave less for the review team to do and the review team is a small but mighty team that has a lot of things to look at right carl i've got more questions but if you want to jump in with one um Sorry, the only questions I have are about 1980s movie references that I'll save for later. <laughs> well, I, well, so I, I say I, I wanted to ask a little bit too. I mean, I mean, we talked about this a little bit because so a great point as far as like starting with Dawn because they do have that HTML first approach and semantic HTML, staying as close to the web as possible because I mean, the, especially the further along we get, speed, accessibility are huge to figure out when you're working on the web anymore. And the web was already designed to be accessible. And so a lot of times, especially when we're getting into JavaScript and some other things, like we break stuff for that. And so we have to then worry about going back and building in things. So a lot of times when we're adding these build processes, all this other stuff or whatever kind of type thing that we're, we're building in, we have to like backtrack and do some of that Q&A to make sure that stuff gets accounted for because that's going to get checked in the theme store too when you submit a theme. So I think that's awesome that you you took that into consideration as far as starting there. Um, so, so as far as it sounds like, you know, we'll, we'll kind of get a little bit into like listener submitted questions too, because I, I feel like I could ask just like tons of specific questions about this stuff as well. And I know we're, we're getting close to time and I don't want to run too far over, but would you recommend your approach? Like you're, so you're already working on, you're working on another theme, right? There's another theme coming. Are you taking the same approach of starting with Dawn or are you trying to start from someplace else, trying to build something else in a, in a different space. But I, I think I know what you're going to say. But I mean, I'm using, I'm using Whisk. Gonna ask. Yes. <laughs> I'm, See, you know, you I'm, I'm using Whisk as a base. Um, but, you know, Whisk is, is based off of Dawn. But, I mean, also, like, mm-hmm. it's evolved and it's it continued to I, – I don't um, have a fork or anything. You know, I just uh, – it's my code base now, but it's just got a lot of Dawn, but not all of Dawn. You know, even a lot of the components, JavaScript components have changed at this point and evolved. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I also think like, I wouldn't recommend everybody does this. Like if you have your own code base, if you don't like how Dawn, if you don't like working with Dawn, like why would you force yourself to build a theme based on it if you don't like it? I mean, I really right. think that stacks tech stacks these days are based on personal or team preferences. And that's 100%. totally fine. You're the people who are going to be in there developing and working on it every day. Use tools you like, build it in a way you like. Sure. Just make sure at the end of the day, like your customers who are viewing the website aren't going to care if you're using Tailwind or not. They're, it doesn't matter, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, and that's something when, so when I get into stores, mainly what I do, I do a lot of customizing themes, building in functionality, design, whatever kind of type thing. So extending a theme a lot of times or making it more performant or whatever. And typically, so I, I stray away. I like to avoid like build processes or I like to avoid extra tooling whenever possible, because at least in a majority of folks I work with, even larger plus organizations, I say larger, probably realistically smaller plus organizations, because we're, we're talking, you know, probably closer to the one to 20 million range, which I know it gets insane uh, with, with the size, the bigger ones on Shopify are way, way bigger than that. Uh, but so the smaller plus organizations, maybe they, they don't have, you know, um, a lot of technical folks. Like they might be, you know, have one regular ongoing dev that's involved. And so to me, adding additional technical bloat is something that I typically try to avoid whenever possible. Um, and, and so that's, like you said, like it, there's obviously, you know, use what you're comfortable with. But as far as, you know, me having to worry about like keeping updated documentation or, or what have you, if everything just works how it's supposed to, because we're not adding in all these extra steps, you know, that also makes things easier for them uh, down the road as well. So um, I have a question for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. I guess what is, what is your, like, besides not having build process, do you have, like, do you like jumping into a code base that's using uh, certain libraries or what's your preference? So yeah, my preference is zero libraries, like whenever okay. possible. So, you know, cause I'll, I'll, I, I work in a bunch of different themes. Right. And so, you know, when, when you have to, like, you just have to kind of, you know, dig into docs for like whatever, you know, this person's using this for their slider or whatever kind of type thing or whatever they're using this library and what have you. And uh, so, you know, whenever possible, you know, I won't, I'm, I'm going to avoid, I'm not typically going to add stuff um, when, when I can avoid it. So it just, it always depends on the scope. Right. But the, I've also worked on a lot of projects where the other dev drops in jQuery so they can add, you know, a mobile menu or something like that. And you're like, why would you do that? Like, this is just like, this is, this is just a listener event on, on, you know, like this is not like this, you just added all of jQuery for this one thing. And so I think that's the problem a lot of times. And so, like you said, like you use what you're comfortable with, but as far as, um, the scope goes, you know, I have to like, the, it has to be worth the trade-off there to like, if you're going to bring in a whole library, like it, it should just be because we're going to need it. We're going to use it for a lot of things or yeah. the lift is so significant compared to maybe their budget or their timeline that we need to move very quickly and we can't build this out from scratch. Um, Look, yeah. you know, I like, said, I'm JavaScript. sorry. Okay. We just let it go. <laughs> No, this is one where I was just like, I was so surprised. Like I, I was looking at like the, the commits and I was just like, why did you add all of jQuery for this? Like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> so, you know, um, it, it just depends on like what you're working with. And, and, and me personally, like I said, like I, I avoid libraries when possible. Um, and when I do have to use them, you know, you try to use something lightweight and only specific and is targeted for whatever you're using at the time. But yeah, I, I love web components. Uh, I'm trying to move a lot of like custom functionality that I've built for other folks into web components just too, because it, it makes it more um, portable. Yes. Yeah. I can, I can use this built, this custom bundler now in multiple projects instead of just this one or whatever and having to like, you know, redo everything. So that, that to me is always a win. Um, there's obviously mm -hmm. some, some downsides there or what have you, you know, and so like you said too, I think, I think that was a really good point of trying to come from the perspective of, you know, the people that are doing X, Y, and Z when they're working a theme, they're, they're making the best decisions they, they can, or they're implementing the best option that they can. 
with the existing, you know, set of, you know, values that they have, either their budget, their timeline, or just like the information that they have at that time. Because, um, yeah, we've all been there where we look at something from six months ago. And we're like, oh, I wrote that. Oh, that is that is rough, you know. And so that's yeah. that's probably a good that's a good perspective to have uh, for other people, other devs as well. Yeah. When so, you come into a project, I, it's so easy. I call myself a no person. Like my first <laughs> instinct always is what? No. You know, like so. But, so I try and approach. And you say, Why did they do that? Or have you ever had somebody ask you like that? Like. They don't ask with curiosity. They say, like, why did you do it this way? Right. Like, oh, you know, like, it sounds kind of accusatory. Right. Uh, so so. I, try, I try to approach things with, like, curiosity and, uh, and grace and try and, you know, understand a situation. Um, mm-hmm. There was something else I was going to. Oh, yeah. Like, so with WISC, I have no libraries at all. Like, I'm not using any. Everything is built in the theme. And with my next theme, I am using a slideshow, a slider library, mm-hmm. um, just because, and and I'm, I really researched this a lot to try and find something like really performant and lightweight, and I'm going to use it everywhere, you know, on What's all the, the things. What's the vapor permeability of the library? That's an important consideration. The vapor what, permeability what? of the library. <laughs> what is the vapor? Carl's, Carl's on basements again. <laughs> You said you researched it, which made me think about my basement research. Oh. I was wondering. <laughs> yes. Uh, I will have to, I will get back to you on that. I'm okay, not thank sure. You. That, 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 that surprisingly important. did not come up in the research. So. Oh, weird. <laughs> not yet. I, I, I did not do my research enough, there's obviously. No, there's no Reddit thread on that. Uh, Carl, you'll need to go ahead and write that after yeah, this, I will. this episode. Um, so, so, Brenda, I do have one question. <laughs> Sorry. Um, the technical side of this is really fascinating. We could go for forever here, but I just keep coming back to the the lead up to it, which was I was burned out. I took time off of work. I saved up. So I had six months of runway. Then I took me a year and I took out loans. And now you're writing another theme. So what happened? Like financially, did this work out? Uh, are you just a glutton for punishment? Like, would you encourage other people to All go down this above. road? Okay. <laughs> All of the above. People All are wondering, like, can I, can I survive as a theme developer? Selling As a solo with, dev too, yeah. I get I get that question a lot. Living like, in a high cost living yeah. area too. Yeah, um, I mean, I I don't have children, so I don't have dependencies. Like I, like I was was able to take this risk um, and know that I could land on my feet and nobody was depending on me. So that, I think that is a huge, you know, that that was huge. Um, I am. I still. I have a very large tax bill coming up that I'm very worried about. <laughs> I, oh, I, and I also hate that. took on Oof. a lot of client work again last year. So, um, that so that's that's the thing. Like, it's right now. It's not enough to cover my my living, but I hope I hope with a second theme it will be. So I am personally like, how much client work do I take on? Because that's going to take away from building the new yeah. theme. When I really feel yeah. like the new theme so- is going to like set me up but like at the same time i've got to be responsible and i've got to pay my bills so i i still am paying off a lot of what i incurred from then but i'm still living my life and it's it's okay so well and that's probably fantastic for your your business as well like i've got a theme in the theme store and so like i'm i'm literally so good at this like shopify let me put a theme in the theme store (laughs) well like you know what that means like yeah yeah, like yeah. a lot of people, like people in Shopify know what that means, but sure. a lot of people don't understand like how hard that is and how yeah. 
you know, how much it takes, but, but I, I use it if I can, you know? Sure. Yeah, <laughs> so absolutely. What are you going to do differently as you approach development of the second theme based on what you learned Ooh. the first time around? That's a great question. Um, I know. I, well, one, I'm going to, I'm using Swiper JS. I looked it up to see what is the, the library I'm using. I'm using that. And a lot of themes use Swiper too. Yeah. And it's pretty, and, it's really minimal. And I, and <laughs> so I feel like I'm going to get a lot of bang for my buck out of that. And yeah. I'm going to be able to, like, I don't have a slideshow in WISC. There is no, I mean, there's, there's one on the, you know, there's some sliding functionality, but there's no like major slideshow. Yeah. Carousel, which I I mean, I I don't like them anyway, but like, well, because clients ask for them, but none of the research supports it. So, but but people ask for it. And so you gotta, you gotta do it. You gotta, you know, and and I I try and balance that. I mean, that is what is nice too about like having your own little world, (laughs) code based world is I really can. I was like, I don't want a carousel. But then there's some things where I'm like, yeah, I'll make a pop up, you know, like I know. Got to have the functionality. Have well, and that's that's another thing of the dependency. So, like adding a library in. So, I've I've worked in a lot where, you know, the the organization has had a custom theme built out, right? And so they've they've added these libraries in. And what a lot of people don't run into, and that you have to think about. And I don't. You can't do this now because Shopify said like, hey, like, you know, you can't do it this way anymore, anyways. But they were using like a CDN URL to pull in the library instead of um, actually just having it in the asset files. And so when there was a new version that came out and broke, you know, our, our existing implementation kind of type thing, because they stopped serving it on this previous URL, they're like, you know, you get an email like, hey, like, what'd you do? Like, you broke this. <laughs> whatever. Like, no, I didn't. Like, this is, this is what happened kind of type thing. So that's something where custom shops will run into this where, Maybe they'll do that really quickly instead. Uh, but I, I say I don't think you can even do that now. Like you can't depend on an external uh, library call for any anything anymore. I think in a Shopify theme, I think is that there's right? like a couple that are very solid that they will let you do, mm-hmm. but they don't tell you which. I think you'd I'd have to like ask or whatever. But <laughs> right, it's right. okay. Like I'm going to keep it in there. You know, and I don't need to do that. Um, right. Or like oh, go, like. Well, I, I use Google API. That's the other one for like right. a store locator, you know? Right, right. Yeah. Um, um, for the new theme, so I'm using Swiper and I'm going to, I mean, I've learned, a, I mean, I've learned a ton, of course, right? In the past year and a half, um, I'm going to make it, I, I have the time and the ability to make it more robust. So I'm going to launch mm-hmm. with more, like I launched with like much more of a MVP, but I think that was the right decision for my first theme. 100%, once, yeah. once you get into the store, you get much more information and it's, it's very, it's much easier to add on. Like I've added a ton of new features in the past mm-hmm. year. i um, done a lot of development. So yeah, I'm going to, and I only launched with one demo store. I'm going to launch with at least two demo stores on, on this time. Cause I, I think okay, that makes nice. a difference. It's very hard to measure what makes a difference. Cause we kind of have only minimal access to tracking um, right. on the on the theme store as well. So, but I think I'm going to launch with two demo stores, have a more robust feature set, um, mm-hmm. so I can justify a higher price too. So try and like go in yeah. in like a higher price bracket. Well, and having the different presets really helps people figure out too, like they can see the versatility. Then I think that's one of the biggest problems that I I also have when I'm working in themes and I'm like, hey, like we're going to use this theme as a base. 
maybe to then build this out kind of type yeah. thing. And people are like, well, I, you know, they have trouble understanding how, how customizable themes are, you know, uh, yeah. even before you start actually touching code, you know, just like how much different this can look than the demo store kind of type thing. So having the different presets, I think really, really helps out. Yeah. And I see, I can see the stores that buy it and I'll tell you, most of them change barely anything. They look mm -hmm. exactly like presets. Yep. And so I'm like, okay, you know, they, and I know like from being a designer, people see, I, like I'm a visual person, but not everybody can imagine that, you know, they need right. to see it and they say, that's what I want. Yep. yep. You know? Well, this has been a fascinating conversation and we could stay here all day and maybe we will, but uh, it may be time for us to transition to the, the next portion of our show. Is yeah. There's anything so, critical there that you didn't get to, Taylor? Uh, no, I mean, I think as far as listeners submitted questions, we talked a lot about a lot of these things because we talked uh, a little bit about, you know, uh, one listener had asked about, like, you know, Dawn initially kind of feels bloated, uh, which is funny because it's built like to be minimal kind of type thing, but it is kind of bloated as far as like some of those other things. So as far as the best way between separate, which you talked about, just kind of gutted the CSS, kept a lot of the JavaScript and then built out functionality from there. So I think that's awesome. Um, and then they talked a little bit about customizing, um, whether it's better to like remove section settings that don't end up being used sometimes. Um, yes. So, you know, I think that that, yeah, because it can be pretty overwhelming, right? Like when you're trying to dive into that, you've got a real heavy scroll on section settings. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I think it's uh -huh. too like one thing that internal Shopify would say to me, I, I assume this is this is still valid. I mean, Dawn is should is a different purpose than a theme a paid theme dawn is meant 100%. to be generic and very customizable and and it like we shouldn't be just like dawn you know like yeah. our themes are supposed to be more opinionated they want us to target a certain industry and they want us mm -hmm. to like find more of a niche so um yes i would take out bloat yep anywhere you can yeah. Yep. Solid response. Uh, okay. So we can transition. I think we covered all of those are the listener submitted questions. And we talked a lot about customizing with Dawn. So uh, I'll go ahead. I'll share my screen. We'll talk through some things here about things that are happening in it's the community. Time for the Taylor Page community update status day. <laughs> can I have a little jingle, I, Taylor? I, this is your baby. Yeah. We need, we need that. Yeah. Like, so in, in the community, so this is just more on the DMCA takedown stuff. I'm sure, um, you know, everybody's maybe sick of hearing about this at this point, but I think it's really positive to see actually, uh, there being some real teeth behind this. And so Shopify Harley, uh, tweeted, posted, whatever we're calling it now on Twitter X and stuff about how, um, you know, they've actually like gone over a handful of these, they've got open lawsuits and they've even had, um, a couple of judgments against a couple of these people. So that is really cool uh, just to be able to see that, uh, you know, they're kind of putting their money where their mouth is uh, even more. So uh, kind of like related to that, they're hiring like legal counsel, even and paralegals to make this happen. Uh, so that's just more information uh, to kind of go along with those DMCA takedowns. Shopify takes that super seriously. And so um, in the app dev world, um, I don't know if you've taken a look at this, Carl. Um, I shared this one post from Kirill just because he's a, he's a Rails dev. He's Ooh. done a lot for uh, like Shopify when it comes to working on Rails and stuff. And he just recently announced his second app was announced for built for Shopify. There's, I feel like there's a lot of apps now that this is starting to become pretty normal or people are working towards this. Initially, people were kind of sitting back 
trying to figure out if they were going to do anything with this at all. Um, and, and and it's not really super uh, heavy yet. There's less than 300 apps, 296 that have the built for Shopify status currently, uh, at least at the time of this recording. And it's kind of odd, I thought, though, at least, that's uh, not really Surface Stable. If you go to the Shopify theme, app store, not theme store, sorry, we're talking about themes and now I'm into that. But if you go to the app store, it's like there's not even like a section on the homepage, like a hero or anything for built for Shopify. You actually have to click on the, the only way I could find to do this is actually clicking on the badge uh, to see all the built for Shopify apps. So there is a filter, which is pretty unique as well. Uh, but I think it's kind of interesting that this isn't like a, a whole yeah. thing really yet all that much so and curl if you're watching we want you on the show reach out to me or i'll find you somehow yes yeah well we gotta have him on because he's he's uh he's done a lot of a lot of cool stuff in the rail space um uh, and then after that if we want to transition to the change log change log. If anybody's got uh comments on that otherwise uh so there are new and updated operations for the cart transform api uh there's just a lot happening here, uh, kind of type thing as well. I have seen, though, along with these updates, there's been a lot of talk in the partner Slack about some issues around the Cart Transform API. But as far as the new fun stuff that's coming out, um, just some expanded operations, being able to move from percentage-based adjustments to cost of bundled items to a fixed price for each component, uh, that was really nice. Uh, being able to define a custom title and image for each parent line item, some handy stuff uh, in addition to... There's a new update operation as well that you can override the price, title, and image of a get in light item, but that is Shopify Plus only. So even with some of the stuff, we're still seeing some Shopify Plus kind of gated functionality, uh, which I know is pretty frustrating for folks when that happens, but, you know, got to do that somewhere, right? Kind of type thing. Uh, and so there's uh, yeah, a handful of these guys here that I thought were nice, so. Uh, and then there's also now uh, some new definition types. Uh, so created by app and created by user fields on the meta object and meta object definitions. Uh, so this just being uh, probably pretty handy, uh, helpful for other devs to know as well in case you're needing because to know this because the staff member field and the meta object type is being deprecated. So transitioning to this created by user field uh, and created by app field instead. So just a heads up on that guy. And then this just came out, I think, was it beep, yesterday? Beep, 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 beep. Update. Great. <laughs> you, you do need to have the sound bites back. Okay. Uh, the, but GraphQL and the Shopify CLI for apps. So this is cool because you can use the CLI to run calls uh, using your own app's permissions and scopes uh, and credentials and all that fun stuff. So this is super handy for devs when they're uh, developing just to help kind of make sure that their queries are actually pinging back what they're wanting to. So more fun stuff there. Uh, I'm sure that's going to be super helpful for devs. We'll have that all linked up in the show notes as well. Thank you, Taylor. You truly are a service to all of us. Um, so now we get to do my favorite section, and Brenda's dreading. You can see that look in her eye. She knows it's coming. It's the pick of the week. We each share something. It doesn't even have to be Shopify or development related, but something that's on our mind or interests us that we're going to share this week. So I will go first. I actually had like four things to share this week, but I'm going to change them all to get my last question to Brenda in, which is since you have confessed to being a child of the 80s, real genius, 1985, Val Kilmer. Mm-hmm. Great movie. Or greatest movie? I, I'm not sure. I can't remember. <gasps> I, I know it. I can't remember last time I saw it. I, I mean, okay. Last time I saw it might have been in the 80s. So I will go with great movie. 
Good thing we asked that question at the end of the show. Well, Brenda, check it out this weekend and let us know. Okay, okay. That's my pick. That's your pick? Real Genius. My favorite movie of all time. I don't know how yeah. I get your favorite movie of all time. How have we made it this far before talking about your oh, favorite movie of all time? I think, I think time? we need to add to this favorite 80s movie. Yes, sorry. Favorite 80s movie <laughs> of all time. I mean, there's no Leo Everybody in it, but uh, Val Kilmer, pretty good, oh. pretty good role. That's awesome. Anyway, I'm going to need to find this. Well, I'll go ahead and go next. Uh, give, give Brenda a couple more seconds here. <laughs> and my pick is going to be these Pilot G2 pens. So I am a lefty when it comes to writing uh, because the world is made for right-handed people. I'm a little bit ambidextrous, so I do some things with my right hand, but I write, um, I eat with my left hand uh, and all these other sorts of things. And the thing that you righties don't understand is you can pick up any pen and you can just write just willy-nilly with no complaints in or issues. However us left-handed people we bear the burden of pushing uh the pen as we write and not all pens are designed for this to work so i've destroyed many a page trying to just simply write and so these pilot g2 pens are the absolute best out there when it comes to just being pens i literally uh get this as a gift every single year for my birthday (laughs) uh, since i was like 10 or 12 years old this is part of my birthday traditions that i have in addition to eating at red lobster every year that's that's a thing um so i these pens are great um you know this is what they bam this is this is the the pens that i got um so yeah they're great they always write i never destroy pages when i'm writing with them left-handed uh they are fantastic so pilot g2 i never knew taylor i'm so sorry it's the whole thing. Red, lobs- yeah, you, red you, Lobster, huh? Yes. That's terrible. Yes. <laughs> well, you know how like Red Lobster is like, I'm, I'm from a small town. So like we would drive like to a bigger town that had restaurants and like Red Lobster was the nice restaurant. And so I'm a creature of habit. And so I just had, I don't want to have to think about what are you going to do for your birthday? I'm not really a birthday person. So I just, every single year, it's like, I'm going to go to Red Lobster. I'm going to get the Crab Alfredo pasta. Uh, I was just informed this year that actually they don't, they're not going to have it anymore. This was the last year they were serving it. The lady uh, um, who was taking our order was like, oh, yeah, like, I'm glad you're going to get this because this is the last time we're going to have this. They're discontinuing it next year. And I was like, OK, uh, well, hate that. I guess I have to find a real restaurant those now biscuits. for my uh, <laughs> those cheddar biscuits. Ah, oh, they're good. They're yes. good. I, yeah. Like red bread, red lobster biscuits. biscuits. Oh, that's terrible. I, I am a I am a I love me a good chain restaurant. Yeah. Love. I, I used to uh, I used to work at Outback Steakhouse. Across the street oh. from Infinite Loop in Cupertino. All right, there you it's go. No longer there anymore, but yeah. Wow. So sad. It, living in New York and London and all these exotic places, I would have thought you to be a little more sophisticated when it came to your palate. But I'm happy to hear uh, that well, you I, are. I, I'll humble. eat fancy things too, but <laughs> but I know and cheesecake factory. Love I love cheesecake factory. Yeah, a good a good chain yeah. restaurant. You always know what you're getting, like you know yeah. what I mean. Like yeah. when you show up, like there's a reason that they stick around. <laughs> So, Brenda, have we delayed it long enough? Did you come up oh, with yeah. something? Okay. Um, yeah, no, I'm Is thinking about... Chain restaurants in general? <laughs> chain restaurants, Outback Steakhouse. Um, cheese fries that are 2,000 calories. Um, oh, you know who has better cheese fries? Who? You ever read to a Cheddar's? No, I haven't. I've seen them. Best Ooh. cheese fries but I like around. to like I like road Best. tripping and going to chain restaurants because like the chain restaurants in New York aren't really... It just is not the same. Maybe that's the, part of it is like... The whole definition it, of a road trip... A re- chain restaurant you don't have to road trip to experience one like it's the same <laughs> no, restaurant. i mean if you live in new york apparently you do <laughs> this is the this is the switch of the world that uh, that i live in but or i go home and i feel well I, I, 
anyways, now I'm, I'm blabbering, but uh, um, <laughs> I was going to talk about bringing back to originally when we were talking about um, running and working out and treadmills and stuff. Um, I just started using the future app for personal training. Have you heard of this? Mm-hmm. And I, I haven't like super gotten into it yet, but like anytime I try and use a workout app, I feel like the interfaces are all really bad and not really conducive to while working out and having your phone. Um, But this is like, it's kind of expensive, but it's a, you have a personal trainer and they're creating a workout for you, but the app itself is really nicely designed. And I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. And also I, when I was training for the marathon, I started going to stretch lab. Do you all have stretch labs in Ohio? It is like somebody who stretches you like assisted stretching. And I just was going to do it for like a month or so before the marathon. Cause I'm, I'm notoriously tight, you know, I'm notoriously like not very flexible. Um, and now I'm addicted to it. Like I go once a week it makes and a big like, deal. Like when told, you actually dedicate time to stretching, like it makes, it makes a big a deal. It makes a huge difference. Like, and now it's been a few months that I've been doing it and I'm like, crap, I'm going to have to sell more <laughs> things to like afford to be able to do this all the time because <laughs> I really like it. One. And I can feel a difference in my body now over time. And I'm like becoming friends with my coach. I love her. Shout out, Rand. So stretching. Oh. Pick so, of the Pearl, week. you said you found one? Yeah, there's two here in Columbus. Come on down, Taylor. We'll go get a couple stretches. There you go. I well, I did a lot of it when I messed up my back, and then I went to PT, and so that was that was all that was all PT basically was was a lot of assisted stretching, and then teaching me how to stretch to prevent injury and stuff like that. And it it was phenomenal. Like I every single year around the same time would hurt my back. Done that for years. Just lived with it until it got to the point where it was like absolutely terrible kind of type thing like i yeah. got out of bed after i took a break and i physically could not move my feet for a full like 30 seconds but it felt like it was an hour because I, I was thinking like move my legs and nothing was happening so i finally went to physical therapy um i went for several months and it and it was great like but it was all stretching like that's that's all that it really was and so um, okay. i haven't haven't hurt my back since it's been phenomenal Brenda, you, you would love this. Our stretch location, it's right next to a Buffalo Wild Wings. So you can get the chain restaurant yes! and the stretch all in the same visit. Yeah. I need a road trip. That's all. There it you is. go. What a Time. solid spot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, I think that probably does it for us today. This has been a wonderful conversation, Brenda. Uh, just was so impressed with what you've accomplished. And thanks for sharing your thanks. journey. I think it's really inspiring for a lot of us to hear that you don't have to go to an engineering college and walk out with a CS degree and get right into the biz. You can actually experience life and do lots of different things and end up a Shopify developer and really do quite well at it. So I think you've got a really depth of knowledge there. That I'd love to explore more if we have more time and maybe we will in future episodes or at least online. Taylor, it's always good to have you here too. Yeah. <laughs> You I don't know how to end this. I'm just like, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's I'm trying to land a plane. <laughs> you too. Wait, what, what's your what's your favorite '80s movie? We didn't get that from Taylor. Taylor. Too young. Really? Yeah, I was. I, I, that doesn't mean that you've never seen a movie that was came uh, out in the '80s. Yeah, yeah. No, I've definitely seen movies <laughs> before. Three. 
and I was never allowed to watch Ghostbusters. There's so that's another thing from my my childhood. I was okay. not allowed to watch a lot of movies, and so my uh, uh, pop culture reference abilities is super shallow. So stop selling. Pick one. Name an eighties movie. Tell oh, name some big eighties movies. I don't know off the top of my Raiders head. Raiders of like, the Lost Ark. Yes. Any oh the, yeah. Any of the okay. Indiana Jones. Like heck Thank yeah. You. Those Thank are you, great. Brenda. I love those. These millennials. I don't know. Thank you. Okay. For saving I mean, me. I mean, that took mine. I'll I'll go with a deep cut. I'll go with sure. a deep cut. Flash Gordon. Ooh. Oh, I love that movie so much. Wow, that swamp scene. <laughs> I love yeah, that movie so you. much. I, I mean, we're not gonna talk never ending story. Last unicorn. Oh. <laughs> Love Never Ending Story too. <laughs> I wasn't on to watch that one. <laughs> we should have like a, a separate podcast where we just <laughs> talk about nostalgia. Anyway. Um, awesome. Well, thanks everyone for joining us. If you made it this far, we appreciate it. As always, like or subscribe because that's what you always say, these kinds of things. I never say it. So do that. That would help us out. And if you have any comments about how we can improve the show, please let me know. See you guys in the next one. All right. See you. Thanks. Ya. Thanks, Brenda.